Hi, and welcome to a Real Track Talk edition of Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 56. This is part two of our New Zealand Great Walks series of episodes with Don and Alyssa from The Long Ways Better. Hello. Thanks for coming in, guys. No problem. I'm always here, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we covered the Abel Tasman Coast Track last time. So we're on to Tongariro Northern Circuit. Yeah. And this was the one that Donovan chose for Lord of the Rings related reasons. Yep. Um, Do you want to go into a bit more of that? Yeah, sure. (laughs) This is actually, I said I wanted to do this. After we finished the Overland, when there was a bit of like, oh, what next? And I remember thinking, oh, I really want to go to New Zealand. And we actually talked to people after the hike and I said, you know, we really would like to do Tongariro. And this all stemmed from the fact that you, for, you know, this entire walk, you circle the volcano that was used for Mount Doom in the movie. So, you know, being a bit of of a nerd, that certainly appealed to me. And so I had my heart set on it above all of them. This is the one I wanted to do. And it's the one that I think a lot of people online say is the most unique and different. So, and also it was, you know, compared to anything we've done, there's n- there's no comparison. So for that reason, it was the one that I picked to do. It certainly looks very interesting in terms of like the terrain that you get to see. Um, not just looking at Mount Doom, but just yeah very alpine but also kind of like yeah very volcanic and not wastelandy but dark yeah very dramatic in a different way yeah um so again logistics of this one it's on the north island where's the nearest capital city and how long is it um i think rotoroa is the biggest city nearby and taupo yeah which is is where we stayed yeah so those are probably the two bases that people use to get to here and there's also a place called national park that is nearby which we were very confused because there were signs saying go to national park (laughs) um but no it's it's not the same place as tongariro national park uh this is a circuit walk so you start finish at the same place so it's a bit more a bit easier to manage than when we did the Abel Tasman, where it's a linear trail. And we ended up hiring a car, and while it's a waste of money because it's sitting there for days, it was also the most convenient way of doing it. And speaking of the starting point, Alyssa, uh, what is the name of the starting point? Um, I'd like to preface this with a WH um, in Maori is an F phonetically. So it is called Papa, which... I didn't know until halfway through the hike and someone had told me, but uh, it is Whakapapa Village, um, which is a beautiful village, um, yes. and there was a gorgeous chateau that looked like something out of a Wes Anderson. Yeah, it's called Chateau Tongariro. Yep. So yes, we started from Whakapapa, and uh, yeah, we had to go straight into the visitor centre and we filled out a little notice. We had a hire car that we were leaving there for the couple of days. So gave them all our details and that meant I guess we didn't get fined and the car could be put in a secure spot. And we set off from there. Yep. And it's it's odd because it's not really 
that clear where the start of the trail is. There's no like big trailhead like there was on the Evil Tasman. You kind of walk down this back alley between the chateau and the um, information center, and then suddenly there it is, the start of the track. I think that might be, if I was to take a guess, there's a lot of day hikes from this point. And then secondly as well, the biggest draw card for this town is the day hike, which is our day two in the big circuit. Yeah, that's so true. So I think for that reason, a lot of the advertising and signage goes towards um, bus services that can take you to the start and kind of preparing people for the day hike since I think um, we had either heard or read somewhere that something like 1,500 people uh, a day? A day. <laughs> a day. I want to say that. I say that incredulously. Yeah. incredulously. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's crazy amounts of tourists and kind of hikers coming through. Yeah. It's, it's so considered much. like one of the best day walks in the world and it is considered the best in New Zealand. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Not so much of those 1,500 people <laughs> all around, not at the same time, but obviously it sounds yeah. like you get quite crowded. Yeah, I think they're trying to work on that, but um, not there yet. Yeah. Um, so day one, did you take any of the Chateau Tongariro's d- delicacies with you? No. That would have been amazing. I really had loved... If we had more time, I would have loved to have maybe stayed the night before... And or maybe I don't know. It would have been lovely. Apparently, they've got beautiful morning teas and kind of, kind of those fancy cucumber sandwich and scones kind of things. But we didn't really have time, and we wanted to head off early, as we like to do. Yeah, and the weather was uh, not great on this day. Mm. It was extremely windy, and when we got there, we didn't see that there was a mountain at all. You know, in spite of the fact that. As we would discover, it's very obviously there. Mm. We didn't see it. Mm. It was just uh, white out. And how heartbroken was little Donnie at this stage? I was fine. I was fine. I kn- we knew the weather was going to be bad. The main thing was that day two had to be great. And it was, so it was fine. Yeah. So <laughs> not being able to see the mountain, what was it like uh, with other parts of the terrain? Was it still pretty spectacular? Yeah, it was, I mean, I think it wasn't a, a great day, but there's, you know, there's nice bits of rainforest, like particularly at the start, uh, the rainforest pockets are really nice. But then you know, there was a lot of crossing dry creeks that probably when there's snow, they're flowing. There's quite a lot of eroded creek crossings yeah. that kind of, you'd, you'd kind of head down to the creek and then it'd be a very eroded kind of path out and up. mm so it felt like quite a bit of that. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think it was a nice day. It wasn't like an amazing day, but it was enjoyable enough. Mm. And the rainforest pockets were probably the highlight of the day. Okay. Um, and a very short day. It's just over nine kilometers. Yep. And the first hut, and I apologize once again for this, Manga to Popo. Yeah, I think that's yeah. close enough. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was this like as an accommodation? So, uh, it's, again, like the Bark Bay and Awaroa huts on the Abel Tasman in that they are sort of a classic government hut style. So, they're, they're like 50 years old and they are showing their age. In the, in, definitely, the feel is, is, you know, is you're much more crammed in than, than the other huts and they, mm. they have the sardine can style platforms. 
But I think the biggest problem I have with these two huts is that the campers share the facilities with the walkers. And as a result, it seems a little bit like there's just not enough for everyone for it to go around. I have a feeling that that's because of the alpine nature of the national park. In this, in the sense that in some circumstances, it would be hard for the campers to maybe cook and kind of do their thing. Possibly, but they did have like camp kitchens on the Abel Tasman. But that's not alpine. I know, but if they they could have had some sort of facility like that that was enclosed a bit to keep the wind out. Mm. Um, I think that would have been better. And if they had just had some more tables outside, because there was like a lovely deck out the front of the of the hut, and a few more tables would have gone a long way. Uh, however, one of the luxuries of this walk was we didn't have to buy gas, because they had gas burners in all of the huts. Um, there were four burners, which you had to share between you know, quite a lot of people, but that's one less thing to think about for this walk. Mm-hmm. I think many of the facilities of Mangatapopo Hut was also kind of designed to maybe be hidden from a lot of the day hikers, since there's large groups of people coming past. I think there was a lot of, um, yeah, kind of like trying to hide the water facilities and the toilets so that it wasn't kind of shared by so many people. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a guess, a wild guess. The way in which it's been designed. Mm. I didn't. I didn't mind this hut. I think it, no, was, it was okay. Nice. I think the next day's one was the problem, but otherwise, you know, it was it was fine. It was perfectly acceptable, mm. and it's in a nice location because you're sitting in the, um, a valley that sort of is leading up to the climb, so you get to see that. Um, and you know, if the weather's clear. You can see Mount Naruho or AKA Mount Doom out the window, which is fantastic. Oh. Um, and did you wake up being able to see Mount Doom? We did, even though it was in darkness. So we spoke to the hut warden and he said you should get up really early because you want to beat the walkers who are walking across from doing the the Tongariro crossing. Mm -hmm. So they said get up at like, what, four? (laughs) Yeah. He said any time around then would be good. Um, so the walkers have a bus that comes in maybe 20 minute walk from where Mangatapopo hut is. So they've already got quite a head start, mm-hmm. um, coming in. Um, and he also said they're obviously going to be walking faster than you because we've got the big kind of 15, 16, 17 kilo packs on our back. Um, so yes, yeah, so four o'clock was the time we got up. I was really anxious and nervous about this day and mm-hmm. I think... A lot of people had revved it up in my head. People we'd met, the Abel Tasman, and then people that were at this hut with us had kind of gone, oh, it's really hard, you're going to really struggle, kind of kind of talked me into thinking I was going to really kind of not enjoy it. Um, so I was really nervous. I actually didn't sleep great and kind of woke up at 4 a.m., kind of bounced out with adrenaline, that feeling you get when you're kind of anticipating something. So... I almost felt sick this morning because I think I worked myself into mm. a bit of a tizzy. But we kind of got on the road really fast. I think we we're out the door by 4.30. Some, yeah, we got... Especially because we, we don't have any food to cook and we had you know some really horrible dry cliff bars. But you know the good thing is you can, get, you can eat them relatively quickly and get going. So yep. 
yeah, we got going as quickly as we could. And as you'll see in the photos that it was, <laughs> it was pretty dark as we were leaving. But it was that kind of like twilight, like that twilight feeling of just a little bit of the, the sun's about to arise. So it wasn't completely full on, like can't see in front of my face. Mm. It was kind of just a, yeah, it was kind of magical actually. I really enjoyed that we did that. Yeah, I think it was, it was really nice to do in experience. the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And to take tackle on the stairs, so you kind of follow the the valley and kind of s- you're slowly walking up up the valley, and then you hit these stairs and there's these giant cutout signs with like a national park officer saying, "Are you sure?" And I was like, <laughs> "I'm not, but I have to. <laughs> I have no choice." And yep. then you pretty much hit the stairs and then you just go up for a long, 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 long time. I was really grateful that there was hardly anyone. I think there was some people really early from the bus. One mm. bus had gotten there really early, so there's a smattering of people. But it was nice to take my time and just kind of power up in my own pace rather than what I imagined with so many people would be just a line, almost like a conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very, very much recommend getting there early. Yep. Yeah. And it was, um, I think one of the things that we felt about this was, and I said to Alyssa, that we've done harder and the ascent while it is is not easy it's an 800 meter ascent which is never going to be an easy thing Mm. but i think what when people were saying oh it's going to be challenging and you're going to really struggle is that they don't know that Alyssa is actually a very experienced hiker like you've done in excess of 10 multi-day trails if not more and that's that's counting the bibbleman track as one trail so yeah you know, frenchman's cap was harder than this day yeah and like frenchman's the, day, cap, the day up from up to the lake tahoon was way worse i yeah. cried on that one <laughs> i didn't cry on this one at all yeah exactly don't ask this one early how many times or how many quotes were there on this day from lord of the rings there were definitely quite a few i was definitely doing the um I can't recall the taste of strawberry Sam <laughs> as we were going up towards <laughs> yep. Mount Doom. Yep, that certainly. Or the, I can carry you. <laughs> <laughs> but we weren't actually walking together at this point. We kind of, I'm, I kind of take my own pace going uphill and Don is definitely a, a I don't know, a mountain, mountain goat, goat. <laughs> <laughs> heading up. So he, his natural pace is much faster and I felt quite safe. And there was enough people around that I said, you go ahead, head up there, get your photo, because I know that with the sunrise coming to hit the top of the red crater would be amazing. Mm. So I didn't mind him heading without me. And that meant, took the pressure off me and I could kind of kind of walk at my own pace. So I was saying a lot of this stuff to myself. Mm. And I don't know about you, whether you were talking to yourself. Uh, there was a lot of swearing on the ascent. <laughs> because <laughs> So the stairs were fine. You know, they're, they're long and continuous but the last bit up to Red Crater, now we were lucky because the weather was good. The previous day, the winds were like 120 kilometer winds or Which something. Which would knock you off your feet. Yeah. Um, but we had five kilometer winds, so it was pretty good. But it was also very gravelly and it was steep. And by this stage as well, you know, you're getting pretty tired from all the climbing. But um, I really wanted to get to the top and... From our direction, I was the first up to Red Crater that day. There was a group that started at the other car park that had got to the top before us. Um, but 
yeah, I was pretty happy to be up there. And they left and I had this, the space to myself for a while. Which with is, Boris. Yes, with Boris, who got a photo of <laughs> of him sitting at the can at the top because he insisted that this is something that he wanted. I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you make it up there by about sunrise? Yeah, so I got that nice sort of golden glow, you know, like the sort of... the. Um, golden hour glow with the mountain so I was, I was pretty happy with that and the view from the top ridiculous um, everywhere so on one side you've got uh, Mount Nuarho and then on the other side you've got all the emerald lakes and blue lake and it's just stunning that 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 was as I said in the um, best of 2019 pod that mm. was my like best hour was on the top and going down from there and uh, how long before Alyssa joined you at the top and what what mood was she in I wasn't too bad yeah I was pretty good I think I I I really did just decide to take it in my own pace and I had lots of breaks so like I'd walk like 50 steps have a break walk 50 steps or even sometimes shorter in that really (laughs) that really um kind of steep last bit of the ascent Mm. Um, but no, everyone around me was really lovely and encouraging. It was like, yeah, let's go. You're doing great. Um, cause I think I made a joke to someone that I was ready to like, I think this is, I think I'm done. <laughs> um, but they're like, I'm not, one guy was like, I'm not letting you finish here. But yeah, it was, it was amazing getting to the top. I yeah. think I was quite happy to finally get to the top after all of that. I think I was there for maybe 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I, like I ate. Uh, we had some Snickers bars as our reward for the day when we got to the top. So I had I didn't really eat much for breakfast, so I had a muesli bar and a Snickers, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> and you were waiting for me to take your Instagram shots. Oh, you're a good Instagram this, girlfriend. This is definitely a uh, an Instagrammable yeah. kind of place. Although, ironically, I haven't shared anything to Instagram. I know. Yeah, you but maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe I will get back onto it because I've got a lot of good photos from this trip. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's one famous point where you kind of stand and you're silhouetted by the Emerald Lake and the the mountains around you. And it's kind of the famous the famous shot that the 1500 people <laughs> climb up for. Yeah. But when we were there, you know, that wasn't that busy, so it was good. Um and just I think it's that that descent is probably almost more of the event than the view of of Mount Doom because you've got what? It's scary. Um, it was a scary event. <laughs> if it's more of an event. No, but I mean, the, the lakes are spectacular though. And, oh, and the scenery. Yes. Yeah. But the act, the act of walking down itself is, was not fun. Yeah. Well, it was it's, like shale. It's basically like, if you got like a surfboard, you could like <laughs> surf, basically down. surf down. It, you were pretty much like, you know how you go down a, a set of like a dune yeah, like a really soft sand dune, and you can kind of like s- s- mm. skate down. It I just embraced like it though. I just we had the 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 trekking poles, so I was very paranoid down. about falling, literally falling off the mountain. Like I was like gonna, I'm way more clumsier than you. I was <laughs> imagine I was gonna like skirt down and then just like topple to the left off to my death. <laughs> Very dramatic. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So, but you're here now, so obviously I, um, that didn't happen. Did I die? No. <laughs> but it was really cool because you know, 
first of all, there's these lakes and the color is amazing. But there's also like this one sort of like smaller peak that's just smoking. There's just like sulfurous clouds which smell terrible, but look pretty cool. Like it's just coming out. So it feels so geologically active, which is, you know, unusual for a West Australian when mm. we're probably the least geologically active. <laughs> Yeah, some, we've had some earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people like going up the opposite way on that day too, but I personally would much prefer to have gone the way we went. Yep. Having agreed. gone upstairs and then slide down the shale mm. storm hill yeah, rather than like trying to like work your way up the shale. And then sliding down's easier than one step or two steps forward and one step back. So, yep, exactly. Yeah, Which like we saw people doing, and it definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely looked like that. Plus, then you're battling all the people sliding down, and you're trying to come up, trying not to get bowled over. Yeah, yeah. And just a tip for people. We so this is the same. Basically, the big chunk of this day is the same as the Tongariro Alpine Crossing, which is their busy day walk. Um, and then it Blue Lake, which is the big lake that you see from the top, is part of the the Tongariro Crossing, but not the Northern Circuit. Um, we asked the the hut warden if he thought it was worth going up there to see it. He said, "Nah, probably not." Uh, especially because the the benefit that the Northern Circuit walkers have is that you walk through the middle of the Emerald Lakes, and you have them on either side, so. That's you know that was nice enough. It didn't need to go to Blue Lake. Mm. Um, and obviously, what goes up must come down. Yep. Um, so it looks like a fairly sizable descent as well back down to yeah. the the hut. Was it nice to? Was it first of all? Was, were there many day walkers up there when you guys were finished looking around? Yeah, by that time there were a number. It wasn't as bad as it got like later in the day. Like, we could see that it was a, a continuous... Like ants across the top. It was like yeah, a giant yeah. line. It wasn't that bad when we were there. No, when we were there, no. Yeah. But I think but it later worse. in the day, it would have definitely hit a point. Because yeah. I think just the stories that I've heard about this particular day hike is that kind of it's a nice day hike, but it's now been ruined. Especially if you go when there's a lot of people there. Yep. I think if you're... If you're lazy and go at tourist o'clock, mm. then you reap what you sow. Like, it's going to be terrible. Mm. But if you're prepared to get up early, then it can still be enjoyed as we as we found it yeah. to be. Mm. Uh, so what's the terrain like looking, or oh, sorry, going back down the mountain? So once you clear the, the scree shale and you clear the Emerald Lakes, you enter this sort of really different area. Because, you know, earlier... On the other side, near the the previous hut, it w there was a lot of vegetation, and then this was sort of a moonscape across the top. But then we entered an area that looked almost like a desert, and it was really interesting and different. Um, it it didn't look like anything from like an Australian desert, but it had that kind of look. And they um, so there's a part of Tongariro that they refer to as being the only desert in New Zealand but it still actually has more rain than what is classified a desert mm. <laughs> so it's not a desert but it has that kind of desert feel yeah it's it certainly is very empty looking and 
a lot of rock formations and this was the place that if you're going to suddenly be uh, surprised by an raiding orc party this is where it would happen yeah this is many times we rounded a corner and said find the halfling <laughs> <laughs> we got a bit nerdy yep um, did you spit out your uh, leaf of Lothlorien <laughs> onto the ground for someone to find? <laughs> no, we didn't, but we did actually have um, have the leaves of Lothlorien. Yeah, we, we nerdily, <laughs> just for the walk, I bought on eBay some like special brooches for us to wear. Uh, so like a little part of the party. Yeah. <laughs> Which then we also wore at Hobbiton. And like some, one of the guys at Hobbiton was very happy that we were nerdy. Yeah. I should say that when I originally wanted to do this walk in 2016, I at that stage, people still were climbing Mount Doom. And my plan had been to come and I was going to throw a ring in there. Um, but now it's highly frowned upon because when Tongariro was, was given to the crown as a national park, they said, we... We will we will put this land aside, but we you know it's really sacred to us. This is the the Maori people who mm. are local to the area, um, but and they said, you know, we do not want people to be at the tops of the mountains, um, and so they that was something they were talking a lot about as it being a, kind of like an Uluru thing that is disrespectful to the the local iwi. And they ended up a few years ago saying, we're not going to ban it, but we're going to thoroughly discourage people from doing it. And, you know, they were saying that a lot of people were being injured in the past and their search and rescue call outs went down hugely mm. while also being respectful to the people. Mm. I think it's also really lovely, the connection the people have to the land and the, the relationship then also to the government. Um, I think that if someone does injure themselves really gravely or or sadly dies as it has happened, I think the iwi people put a... So the iwi is like the, the tribal leader. Yeah, the tribal yeah. leader puts a... Um, i trying to think of the right word. Puts a... Um, re- requests that people don't do the hike, the crossing, for a few days in respect to that person's life. And I think that's a beautiful thing, mm. the way in which it's all connected. It's good that there's that respect. Um, I think that they, the hut warden had said to us that it's like in Australia that it's it's often there's like a small vocal minority who get up in arms that, oh, I used to be able to do this all the time. But generally speaking, people sort of are respectful. And mm. it was good to see that. I don't think anyone climbed when we were there. And every hut we went to, just in speaking of kind of recognising culture and respect... Um, every hut we went to, the warden spoke in Maldi and talked about the indigenous stories and the kind of legends and folklore surrounding the volcanoes and mountains, which I was fascinated by. And I, I would not do it any justice by recounting it now. Mm. But um, yeah, really lovely kind of aspect of the walk was getting to know that. Mm. Hmm. Um, and speaking of huts, you finished this day, which was like a fairly difficult day but um yeah it was it was a lo- longish um and you know spectacular. It, was hot, it was quite hot by the i remember getting to the hut and it being really warm it was yeah yeah because you didn't have the 120 kilometer hour winds to cool you down no. <laughs> that's right and this hut had a beautiful waterfall near it which was a little bit of a walk to get to and when we got there it was really cold yeah uh so 
didn't quite get fully in for that one. Yeah, I I did. I sort of like, sort of got under the waterfall and splashed it. And, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a. Uh, it was nice to get clean it as well, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier this wasn't the best hut. Yeah. Not um, good on the if, the trip. If any hut, I would kind of wish I had a tent for. It was probably this hut. Yeah. It just was maybe too many people in a very small living space, and it felt like we were all kind of on top of each other. Like there wasn't enough places to sit, to either relax and play a game. Or to eat your food, and yeah, I think that's the main downfall of it. Yeah, you felt like if you were eating, you had to to be as quick as possible because someone else wanted to sit down, and you certainly couldn't play games because there was no space. So it's like, well, then what do we do? Mm. Uh, I guess we could go to the waterfall again, but there's only so many times you can do that. Um, And so that, to me, feels like it, it, it needs to be replaced. And in truth, they did say that this hut is earmarked for a replacement but at the moment it's not great and also i think people coming from the other direction you start getting a bit of a sort of a traffic jam here Mm. so did not like this hut did not sleep well at all in this hut um this is the worst night's sleep worst night's sleep and you'd think after such a big day of walking we'd be like zonked out but it was really hot well, you couldn't open the windows because there was um, sand flies. Sand flies. Um, you know, I looked like I had leprosy by the end of this walk because of the amount of sand fly bites I had. Um, it was so hot in in the room, and like I, I was prepared to to just take the bites and sleep well with like cooler temperatures. But sharing the room with other, with other people, they didn't want to do that. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, also, I got woken up in the middle of the night by. Someone who, yes, I know I was snoring, but he was snoring as well. So, <laughs> And I that, was in the middle of it all, so I didn't sleep well. That wasn't great. However, waking up in the middle of the night, the one thing I'll say is I went outside just to like cool off. And I went, oh my goodness, the stars are amazing. So I, I didn't have a tripod with which to take photos of the stars. Um, and I don't often get the urge to, but at this point I was like, Damn it! I wish I was. I wish Mark was here because he would love this. Well, as a a person who never actually carries a tripod on multi days, you just need a good rock or a piece of wood to like wedge your camera in the right <laughs> angle. Yeah, um, I I felt like I, I just couldn't do justice to the sky, um, but I just stood up there. I stood out there for like ten fifteen minutes, just looking up in awe because. Mm. I've you know I've been to some really great places in Western Australia that have dark skies or semi-dark skies, but this was something else. Um, so that was a nice side effect of what was not great. Um, and could you see Mount Doom from this hut? Yeah, you could. So that would have been awesome. And and this was New Year's Eve, I should say as well. So it was a nice sort of. It, oh, it, it, there was. It was sort of a soured celebration because it was a lovely day and it was a great way to finish a year of hiking in uh, 2019. But then sleep sort of made it not so good. Yeah. Your typical New Year's celebration, you don't get a lot of sleep anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Very fitting. Um, so move on to day three, which is on to Waiho Hanu Honu. 
cut. <laughs> Apologies again. I probably can't do any better, so yes. <laughs> why? Why? Ho, no, I'm yeah. not going to get it either. It looks like a very short day, and not much in the terms of elevation change. Um, yep. Was this a relaxing day to spend meandering, or were you at the hut quite early again? Uh, we're not really meanderers. I mean, you've met Don. He's an intense little <laughs> mountain goat rocket, so... Um, wasn't meandering, but it was definitely lovely. And I think we were both kind of a bit tired from, obviously from the bad night's sleep. Yeah. So we weren't like our usual kind of full of beans. Yeah. I think we were both like, we were happy with the day that we had because it's sort of, there's a, it was not long and it was quite a simple day because you, you head through more of the sort of deserty areas it looks very much like you could imagine Jawas chasing C-3PO and R2-D2. Tatooine. Tatooine. Very Tatooine-esque. Um, and that's most of the day is that. And it's not a lot of variety, but it's cool. It's different. The one thing I remember about this day where it healed my soul was when we came to... There's like suddenly a like weird little patch of beach rainforest, like beech tree rainforest. And I didn't realize how much I'd missed the rainforest because we'd spent three days walking through kind of desertness kind of terrain. Alpine. Alpine terrain. Yeah. And then we hid this, um, yeah, this little beach forest. And I just felt so much happier after the, after walking through that. And it sounds very dramatic of me again yeah. to say, like, I spent three days through the desert. Um, but no, this, this little kind of spot of forest was really lovely. It was quite, it, that's where we hit the up. And then back down, and that's where we the the last hut was quite close to the rainforest. Yeah, it was beautiful. And the rainforest pocket was like a nice surprise in terms of like you're in this very deserty kind of area, um, and that transition was really lovely. The other thing that was really good about this day was the fact that the whole day you can see Mount Ruapehu. So it's, and it kind of looks like a, um, a less steep version of the Paramount Mountain. So it's like a classic mountain shape. And it's actually bigger than Mount Naraho. And it's sort of this cool thing because you see this very conical mountain here and then this much bigger, larger mountain on the other side. So, And wasn't it, didn't we read in one of the pamphlets at the huts that it is the only um, mountain volcano on the north island that has um a glacier that's correct yep it's the only bit that still has glaciers on the north island um and that sort of you know that was that actually really was a cool thing because we got to drink some glacial water later so yeah you you see this all day and then you get to the rainforest pocket and because it had been you know quite a low wind day getting to the shelter of the rainforest was really nice and it sort of heralds the transition because once you're in that rainforest it's then not much further to the hut and staying on lord of the rings theme here did you pass any ants that you woke up no i didn't see any ants no i was looking for radagast as well so you get score some mushrooms <laughs> he's my, off here he's my favorite of all of the wizards yep yep uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and this hut was this much, much better than the previous two? Oh, so much better. Because um, I guess some people sort of lazed around the previous hut and we were like, nah, want to get out of here as soon as possible. Mm. And this hut was amazing. It was a lot like the Anchorage hut on the first day in terms of it being 
a very large hut with a lot of space. Um, you know, no one was right on top of each other. Enough tables for everyone. There's tables indoors. There's tables on the deck outside. The deck outside has views of mountains everywhere. There's rainforest and, and a swimming hole down below. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And we, being the first people there, again scored a good room. Because everywhere is um, sardine bunks. Except there's one little alcove that has four single beds in bunks and we got two of them so again definitely worth getting there early so you can do that mm. uh, and you mentioned glacial water um previously mm. and that you got to drink some whereabouts was this on this day so because this day is short we decided to do a little bit of side tripping so one of the things we did was we went to visit there's an old hut that's like this red old-fashioned hut that they used to be this used to be the stop that when people traveled through uh, New Zealand and the North Island and it's really cool to see it's an old building they used to have like a men's quarters and women's quarters the men had a fireplace women had no fireplace <laughs> it was pretty bad you know I think in that that division um, but yeah it's really cool to see and it's you know I think that these sort of historic things are are very interesting uh, made me think a lot of the overland track and like how they have these historic huts and they they preserved it very well then we went to there's a uh, a spring that you can walk to which is if you walk on the track that doesn't so the the, the other hut the historic hut is on the main track so we kind of did a bit of what we we're doing the next day but then we went on this other track that it, it seems longer than you expect it to be especially because it was quite hot but we managed to get to the spring and the, the water from the spring is basically it's glacial water that's been filtered through an aquifer for thousands of years and springs out from the ground at this particular spot and there's a whole river or like a, a stream that is filled with this water and I put my water bottle right to the to where the spring was and i was expecting you know a wa spring where they're just like a, a trickle mm. this is gushing out mm. um and the water was so cold and Alyssa had been sort of like oh is this going to be worth it and she stopped a little bit before i got to the end and i came back and i said just drink this and it was icy cold, <laughs> icy cold. delicious water it was amazing yeah yeah and so. you were drinking that for days like, if you had any left of your, like, fancy aquifer water, you, like... It's like, no, you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> you were, like, cherished the aquifer water as, like, the elixir of life. Yeah. I actually... Fountain I sculled, <laughs> I sculled, like, a bottle of it while I was there and then filled it again because it was just that good. And because it was hot, it, it just made the, the, the difference of, like, icy cold and the heat even more obvious. Yeah. That Very was good. a highlight nice. for you. <laughs> Um, so moving on to the final day which is actually the longest of this uh, northern circuit looks like quite a, a sustained uphill from the hut in the morning but it was actually kind of not too hard it was a fairly easy path compared to some of the other days so mm. I feel like we actually picked up a good pace and again pie in the glint of pie in the eye so to speak was there being on our last day to kind yep. of push on. Um, but it didn't feel too long, I think, in the end. 
yeah, it felt fine. Um, I think we were even surprised at some points at how far we were. I remember yeah. you were in a bit disbelief when I checked my map. Yeah, we got to a trail junction and something that they have is on the touristy part. So they had this on the, the, the Alpine crossing as well. They have these toilets and the toilets are kind of painted in the colors of the landscape to kind of camouflage them. And when we got to it, I was like, oh, I know exactly where we are. Um, and I then believed what Alyssa was saying because it made sense that we were now at the, the, um, the Tama Lakes turn off. And that meant that we really powered through quite a lot to get to that point. Just to get to there, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was quite a quite a nice day. It yeah. Was, um, I think at this day, the bushfires from Australia, the haze had come over and it was making the... Um, the sky. The sky looked quite dramatic. Yeah. And the sun like, looked like a blood moon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we very have some very weird. dramatic photos from that day. Mm-hmm. And did you guys do the side trips to the Tama Lakes? I did the lower Tama Lakes, not the upper, because we wanted to get going. And doing the upper one would have taken like another hour. Weather was okay, but, you know, the, the lower lakes, I think because the sun wasn't really out, it, it had this sort of grayish look that wasn't necessarily as nice as it would have been. Mm. Had it been a bit nicer, maybe I would have, but then on the other hand glint of pie yep yep but i think the the downhill section from here was really nice you can kind of see the chateau from afar and you know you're coming home and then also being quite close to fucker papa you suddenly get all these people coming up and past you all nice and fresh so you definitely start to get that feeling like you're heading back into civilization Mm. by that point and i think a big highlight of this day is taranaki falls which is um, a waterfall that's quite a impressive waterfall. There's a short side trip down to, to see the falls. And that was really, really cool. Something that I definitely wanted to see because I'd heard, fo- I'd heard about it and seen photos of it and it didn't disappoint in person. Excellent. And what are the bakeries like in Whakapapa? Um, there weren't any. <laughs> no, there wasn't any bakeries, oh. but there was a little food truck um, right next to there's a... Um, caravan park there opposite the visitor's centre and there was a little food truck and they were doing like breakfast burgers and coffees so we stopped there and had a burger and a coffee and it was really nice we had we got, we got changed and we were in fresh clothes and yeah it was very satisfying after a big hike of course yeah it's yeah, very good very and nice full stop and at the end of the the last few like last kilometre was in rainforest so you were pretty happy yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah, it was very good. I didn't cry. Yep, that was two back-to-back. Two back-to-back. I know. We've got to change the Alyssa. I know. You should go do the bit woman again <laughs> and <No>. feel the hardships. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was a Tongariro Northern Circuit. Um, any final thoughts on this one? Did it live up to the expectations? Um, yeah, it said it. It did. Uh, I think if the hut had been better on the second night, it would have been probably even better, a walk. I think as well, it's it's very different and alien to anything we'd ever done. So that's something that I think I really enjoyed about it. It's not as... I think the, the sort of austere kind of nature of the landscape is less immediately likable than, say, rainforest. But 
there's something about it that I think makes it very different and stand out. Like I, I have no reference points that as much as other walks. Like I, oftentimes I'll say, oh, it's Gondwana Rainforest. I remember seeing that something like this before. Mm. Um, or, oh, it's Granite Formations. I've seen that before. I have very little I can ref- refer this to um, other than things that are beyond my actual first-hand experience. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, we know your highlight of uh, this trip. Um, we discussed it earlier and also in two episodes before. But Alyssa, what was your favourite moment from this? Hmm, I think maybe getting to the top, just for the sense of achievement and kind of proving to myself and yeah, to myself that I could do it. That was really satisfying. Um, yeah, I would say that was the moment of the hike. It's like Don said, everything about it, it's it's such an alien, unique landscape that it's yeah, it really stands out in your mind. But um the moment at the top for me will be the one that I remember the most. Mm. Yeah. So well worth battling the crowds. Just get up, up very, very early on that second day. Yeah, for sure. All right, thanks everyone for listening. That was the last of our two-part series on the New Zealand Great Walks. And we're back on to Western Australia after this. We are. Going to do a snorkeling special. Hey. (laughs) So thank you everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episodes of Real Trail Talk, then give us a rating on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. Ratings really help us to reach an audience and hopefully inspire other people to get out there and enjoy the nature around us. If you had any questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or contact us through our social media pages. Thank you for listening and we'll be back in two weeks. (laughs) 